you join me in our scripture reading? It's going to come out of Mark chapter 1, verses 14 and 15. Verse 14. Later on, after John was arrested, Jesus went into Galilee where he preached God's good news. The time promised by God has come at last, he announced. The kingdom of God is near. Repent of your sins and believe the good news. This is the word of the Lord. Thanks be to God. Good morning, Vineyard Church. If you're new with us this morning, my name is Chad Stewart. I'm an associate pastor here at Vineyard Springbrook. And this morning, we're going to kick off a new sermon series called Formed. Um, it's on spiritual formation and how we define spiritual formation best, if you're not used to that term, comes from an author, Robert Mulholland Jr. He says that spiritual formation is the process of being conformed to the image of Christ for the sake of others. And to start the series off, I want to make sure that we understand the story, the message of Jesus that we are being spiritually formed into. Uh, because if we get the story wrong, our formation looks and acts a lot different. We are shaped and formed by stories, and to quote James Bryan Smith, he says, our stories, once in place, determine much of our behavior without regard to their accuracy or helpfulness. If we have the wrong story, that changes everything. The right story isn't important because when we get to heaven, God's going to quiz us before we can get into heaven. Um, it's important because it provides the way for the journey, the canvas for the painting. Story gives purpose, and purpose does wonderful things. Purpose provides the motivation to learn. Um, it provides retention rates to soar because now we have a reason to grow and learn. Stories are vital to our formation and what we believe. As you guys know, I love to start sermons off with questions, so I have a few questions for us. The first one I have is, do you think the story of Jesus is more about death or is it more about life? The second one, is it more about where you will go when you die or how you will live today? And we see those commonly when Christianity is spoken. To help you, let me read our scripture from the day out of the Message Bible, coming out of Mark 1, verses 14 through 15. After John was arrested, Jesus went to Galilee preaching the message of God. Time's up. God's kingdom is here. Change your life and believe the message. And after Jesus says this, he then gives the most famous sermon ever, the Sermon on the Mount where Jesus talks about these topics, being salt and light on the earth, practicing and following God's commandments, murder, adultery, divorce, loving your enemies, prayer, fasting, money, worry, judging others. There's a ton of stuff that Jesus talks about. And I don't know about you guys, but it seems Jesus talked about life more than he ever did a secure death. And that's because in the kingdom of God, Eternal life and abundant life doesn't start when you die and go to heaven. It starts the moment you trust in Jesus. You become dead to sin, dead to your old life, and alive to Jesus and his kingdom. The story of Jesus is the inbreaking of the kingdom of God now, not just a ticket to heaven later. And the story about life now and the kingdom of God is found in the centrality of Jesus' announcement of the kingdom of God in Mark chapter 1, verse 15. And our response to it is how we let that message that Jesus, that story that Jesus tells, form us and form our lives. And so we are going to analyze that announcement and what Jesus acts from us 
to live the kingdom life and to be formed by him. First, I want to point out the gospel was not about us. It's about God, his plan, his will, his purpose and intention for creation. The gospel is about the present reality of the kingdom of God through faith in Jesus that leads us to following him for the sake of others. The story of God doesn't even start with our sin and failures and then looks forward to heaven. It starts in the Garden of Eden, where God commissioned the first humans to be in relationship with him and to work with him in God's creative goodness. It is renewed when Jesus says the time promised by God has come at last. The kingdom of God is near. Now, the first part of this good news, the story of God, is the time promised by God has come at last. And according to Anglican, Anglican priest Todd Hunter, it means all the events and people related to the groundwork have taken their place and done their jobs. Now the time promised by God is here. Now. This announcement is the most pivotal point in human history. God is invading human reality in an entirely new way that has never been seen before. The phrase ties God's story together, the past, the present reality of his kingdom, and the promises to come. The second part of the good news, the story of God, it says the kingdom of God is near. The best definition we have for the kingdom of God is the rule and reign of God. It is the will and it's the heart of God. We see it defined in the Lord's Prayer. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. The kingdom is the realm in which what God wants is actually done. His will is done. It is the culture of heaven invading earth. And Jesus calls this good news. And in fact, Jesus would say, this is the best news that you could ever hear. N.T. Wright has to say this about the announcement of Jesus. The whole point of what Jesus was up to was that he was doing close up in the present what he was promising long term in the future. And what he was promising for that future and doing in the present was not saving souls for a disembodied eternity, but rescuing people from the corruption and decay of the way the world presently is so that they could enjoy already in the present the renewal of creation, which is God's ultimate purpose. And so they could thus become colleagues and partners in the larger project. God and his kingdom are here now. It is breaking into the world. This is less about us going to heaven and more about heaven coming to us. God is wanting you and I to be his co-workers and bringing his will to the earth. He is calling people to the work of race, racial injustices. Because in heaven there are distinctions with every tribe, tongue, and nation, but there isn't any racism or prejudices in heaven. They don't exist there. He is calling us to pray for healing and for our medical professionals to partner with him to find cures for diseases and viruses, because in heaven, none of that exists. He is looking for people to help those in poverty, those who have no homes and are not being taken care of, because everyone in heaven has more than enough. And I could go on and on, guys. It's God's will coming to earth, and God wants us to partner with him. But the biggest and greatest thing about entering God's story and being in relationship with Jesus is I get to know God in his heart. I get to relate to him. I get to see how he sees me and what he thinks of me. We're no longer a slave or just a partner. 
We are considered sons and daughters of God. I get to spend time with him, learn of him, and out of that relationship, partner with him and what he's doing in the world every single day. This is life in the kingdom. This is God's unfolding story. And it makes every single day filled with purpose and opportunity. It makes life a gift. And I don't know about you guys, but I love this message. I love the fact that every single day, as soon as I leave my house, if I go to the grocery store, if I go to meet a friend, in that moment, God's kingdom could break through and change my life and others' life. Right now, I know there's chaos going on all around us. I know it seems, to use a word from Lindsay, the world is going bananas. It's funny. I'm sorry. I heard Lindsay laughing in the background, guys. It's hilarious. But, but guys, God is at work in the world today, and people are closer to coming into the kingdom of God now more than ever. And we have to see that. And we have to ask God, God, what are you doing today? What's the story of this moment, God? So we can enter in and partner in it with you. That's the good news. God is at work in our world today. And he wants us to enter in with him. Now, this is the message of Jesus. And the second half of Mark chapter 1, verse 15, is how we enter God's story. It's how we let the story of God form our life. And identity and Jesus gives us two directions. Number one, it says, repent of your sins. Yes, repentance involves sins. The things we do and the way we hurt others. Repent of sin. Get rid of it. It hurts you. But the word repentance here in the Greek means to think again or have a second thought about the whole way of life. Biblical repentance means to live into and embrace God's story and the way life is supposed to be. That's important because we have ways in which we were raised, stories in which the world and culture has embedded into our minds about the way life is supposed to be. And Jesus is saying that is wrong. And these false stories and values are not of his kingdom. They are not part of his story. And the greatest example I can give of that is um, when me and Christy were a month away from marriage and we were doing our counseling, um, we went in and Christy was telling our counselor, Mac, about this story, about this story that we had earlier in the week in which, in which I had just been offered the job at Springbrook um, um, and I was thinking about whether or not to take it. I was going to take it, but I was waiting to tell Lindsay. I wanted to make her sweat a tad bit. But, 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 never mind that. But Christy was talking about how I, how I was having a problem accepting her gift, which was I wanted to work part-time at my secular job and also work for the church. I wanted to have at least a full 40 hours of income coming in. And my wife wanted me to just do part-time at the church and do everything I could the best I can to work over the 25 hours, to work over what was necessary for the church. And I was struggling with that. And she told Mac that. And the Mac in his uh, skinny jeans and stylus tight t-shirt and cool boots, he's 50 years old, old. he's the coolest hipster in the world, um, he leans back and asks, why are you having trouble accepting this? And I look at him and go, I'm afraid what other people will think of me. Like there's a value in our world that men are supposed to provide, that men are, are supposed to help uh, provide for the household. And in the midst of that, I was scared of what others would think of me. 
and I was struggling with, with the value that that viewpoint was giving me. And Mac leans back in his chair and says, Chad, let's, let's do this. Let's act, let, let's act like Jesus is sitting over there and let's ask him some questions. And I'm like, I'm a pastor, dude. Don't, don't pull the Jesus card with me. I do this. Um, um, but then he goes, first question, Jesus, did you do ministry full time? And then Mac looks over at me and I go, well, yeah, he did. Mac looked at me. And, and, and was like, okay, second question. Jesus, did you get paid? And Mac looks back at me. I go, no. He goes, okay, hmm, interesting, Jesus. Jesus, third question, and this was the killer. Who supported you full-time while you did the work of the kingdom? And it hit me, and I wanted to die. And he looked at me, and I go, women women supported Jesus. And Mac goes, huh, well, that's interesting. Um, did you let the thoughts of what other people may say about you affect the way you value yourself? And I go, no, he didn't. And then Mac looks at me and goes, Chad, why are you letting the thoughts of other people affect your identity and your work for the kingdom? And I was undone in that moment. I felt like Christy was really happy with tears right beside me, but it felt like the presence of Jesus moved in. And what Jesus did in that moment is he was changing the way I saw the world, the way I saw a situation that did not line up with his kingdom. It was a different perspective and a different story I was believing. And it was not God's story. It was a story formed in me by the world and by people. And guys, that's why as a pastor, I don't ever want to stand here and tell you an opinion that's not God's story. Um, and we have opinions right now in our world, guys, which are hurting and devaluing and totally against what God says about life and how life is lived. That's why, personally, I spend so much time with Jesus because I want to know his heart. And then I want to give you guys the heart of Jesus, not just knowledge, not just a commandment. I want you guys to capture God's heart as I capture God, God's heart. And that's what it means to repent. It means to change the way we think, the stories we believe, which is affecting our emotions and our behaviors. That is not God's story. So it's important we know God's story. And repentance involves the whole way we view life and the stories we carry, not just our actions and sin. The stories we carry affect our behavior. And this is important, guys, because get this. God made, you, God made you for more than sin management. He made you for kingdom purpose. And so we need to enter purpose. And then the last way Jesus told, told us of how to enter his story was to believe the good news. And belief here has little to do with mental ascent or intellectual effort. It has more to do with placing confidence in Jesus. It means to act and live as if we actually trust that his announcements of the presence of the kingdom is true. Believing not just in mental ascent to a list of truths, but by trusting Jesus. The Message Bible commonly uses the word alignment or align for the word believe. So to believe in Jesus means to align our lives, opinions, and actions to what Jesus says about life. 
have a silly example of this. It's, um, I hate planes. I'm afraid to get on planes, but I do anyways, because I understand. I mentally assent that it's the safest form of travel. I mentally assent that we're most more likely to die from falling off the bed or fireworks. And yes, I'm being honest, you're more likely to die falling off the bed than in a plane crash. Um, and, and if you came to me and I was afraid to get on a plane and you go, hey, Chad, it's the safest form of travel. And I give a mental assent to that. Yes, I believe that. And you buy a ticket for me and we're going to get on that plane. And we walk to where I'm about to step on that plane and I stop. And you say, what's wrong? And I'll say, I, I may mentally ascend to the truth you said, but I don't trust it. I don't trust this. That's what Jesus is saying. You have to trust. You have to get on the plane. You have to enter my story and join me in the purpose of recreating the whole world. Believing is trusting what Jesus says about life and aligning our lives with it not just giving a mental assent to it. God's story is comprehensive, guys. And when we bring our story in alignment with his story, we see life change, we see purpose and intimacy with God. It is the best world, it is the best news in the world. I want to end the day by asking you, is, do you want this life? Do you want a life where you are invited to partner with God for the sake of the world? where you are aligning with the story of God and being his representative to everyone, every day, everywhere, everywhere. Do you want to enter the story and purpose God created you for now, today? And if you do, then in your own words right now, tell that to Jesus. Um, I don't have uh, some secret words that, that gets Jesus to bring you into relationship. I, I just don't have those but it's you. Let your heart be known to God right now that you want to enter life with him and to the purpose that he has for you. And then go about relationship with Jesus. If you want more information about that, um, um, connect with me or Lindsay. We would love to talk to you about following Jesus. Um, or tune back in the next few weeks as we continue this series on formation and see what following Jesus and growing in Jesus is all about. Um, but I want to end here today because I have a feeling that some of, us, some of us have this heart cry to God that we want to call out to him and talk to him. That we want to say, Jesus, I haven't believed fully in this moment in the corona time that you've had purpose for me. But Jesus, today I believe you do. Today I believe you're calling me into life and life to the full. And I want to call out and talk to you. So guys, we're going to take a moment and be silent for just a second, and then I'm going to pray. Um, so let your heart cry go out to God right now. Holy Spirit, come. Jesus, I want to thank you for the good news. 
I want to thank you for the story, Father, that you gave us, the story, Lord, that you're calling us to enter into. Father, you've given us life and purpose and life here now, just not in the life to come. Jesus, you're more than just a person. You are salvation. You are life, Father. And teach us, Lord, in seeking you to love you. And teach us to love you and finding you, Jesus, and coming to know you. And Father, I love you. And I thank you, Father, for what you're doing in our church. I thank you for what you're doing in Springbrook, Father. Father, I pray right now amongst our congregation, Jesus, that you would start, Lord, sharing your heart with us for how you want to renew Springbrook, about the things you want to do in our community, Lord, the things you're calling us to. Father, I pray that you would awaken those dreams in our hearts that you've called us to and make us alive to your life and your kingdom. And it's in your name that we pray, Jesus. Amen.